This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, we have to solve a mystery. The mystery of injuries in Major League Baseball, something that's been plaguing the MLB in particular for about the last 15 years. And I'm very fortunate to have the opportunity to bring Glenn Freeman on this show, better known as Iron Glenn. You know, a guy who's been doing this for over 30 years, and he works with a lot of high-end private clients, former D1 player. And, you know, he's got a unique perspective because he was on the side of the player, but now, obviously, on the side of the medical field. And he's going to join me today to discuss the amount of injuries in Major League Baseball, how some of these players can avoid this stuff, what he's doing to help them avoid it, but more importantly, how the New York Yankees are going to have over $100 million worth of players on the bench due to poor care, and it's something that's been happening every year. And joining me right now, Glenn Freeman. Glenn, how are you? I'm good, Sergio. How are we doing today? Thank you for having me on as well. No problem. No problem. Glenn, let's go back to the beginning. This is the first time that you are on with me. Take me back to the start. You're a kid from New York, correct? Brooklyn, New York, born and raised by the uh, great Thomas Freeman, who is no longer with us, and uh, Marie Freeman, or as my mom likes to be called, Momster Thomas. Because <laughs> <laughs> she always gives me wise quotes that. I use every single day. And uh, you played football there, went to Syracuse, and then after, and then after that, went into this field. How did you did you plan on doing this all along? Was it something when you were a kid? Was it something? Um, I I once I finished school, I couldn't see myself sitting behind a desk. So I was like, okay, what can I do where I can have fun? make decent money, but not have to put on a suit every day. So uh, a friend of mine had mentioned uh, training. So I got into training, uh, got my degree in, in, in kinesiology, and it took off since then. I was uh, training for Gold's Gym, from Gold's Gym. I was training for Crunch, and then for Crunch with the training manager, and then I met my, my boss, who owns a company called Performance Medical, and I am the director of performance training, and I design all the uh, training programs for the athletes and the patients. Now, most of the players that you deal with, baseball, or is it across the board with the various sports? Well, funny is, like, I, I played football. Uh, but I literally started developing my program dealing with baseball players. Like, I can train anyone. I train. I have football players, basketball players, but I, I made my reputation off of training baseball players. So my first client, baseball-wise, was uh, Dylan Batansis. And when I first started training him, he had just came off of Tommy John. And the Yankees were about to cut him. And they couldn't figure out, okay, what, there's something wrong with his mechanics. So when we started working together, I just took the time out and I broke his mechanics down to the bare bones. And I found that when he landed, his plant foot 
on his follow through was unstable because of his ankle. And once we corrected that and then we started to rebuild his body, he just took off from there. I think for five years, he was probably one of the most dominant relievers in baseball. Yeah, I think he's one of the few guys. Well, I think he's the only guy who's had five consecutive 100 strikeout seasons as a reliever. You know, yes. the the issue with a guy like Batanz is because of his size, right? Because he was built more like a basketball player in terms of size and height. Yes. Um, did that, he's actually a very good basketball player, by the way. <laughs> did that? Well, well, he's Dominican. We do everything well. Did that? <laughs> did that cause a lot of the stress? Also, in other words, when you guys get a guy like Batances, who at six eight, six nine, it, do you guys set up a different program than for someone who's six one, six two? The program is not different. It's just the attention to detail because of his height the length of his kinetic chain is actually longer. So the, the chances of something going wrong in his mechanics are greater than someone who's actually shorter. So we had to train to facilitate his height. So my program varies from person to person because I specifically designed it for you. So if you come in and say, hey, I need help with X, Y, and Z. I say, okay, I break down what your X, Y, and Z is, and then I'll show you what my X, Y, and Z is and show the difference between yours and mine from what you were seeing and now what I see. So my thing is now I correct and remove all flaws, and then we work on enhancing those flaws to match your strength. Interesting. Mm -hmm. so, so now here's the issue that I don't understand with, ML, with, the, with the MLB. And look, we're going to stick with baseball because, look, I can go into the whole NBA thing also with the load management because everybody for whatever reason guys can't play more than two games in one week but in the in in, in mlb why do you think like if i had to say to you give me the one main factor that over the last 10 or 15 years has been the leading reason as to why guys cannot stay healthy and I'm talking about across the board. I mean, I could go from Mike Trout to basically a role player in the bigs. Mm -hmm. Right. It, it's all across the board. And look, we could find specific spots with certain teams. Right. The Mets had a, a terrible stretch of that. The Yankees are oh, yeah. in that now. What is the biggest mm -hmm. reason why this is happening? Okay. So there's working out and then there's training. When you train, you're training to actually do something better. When you're working out, you're just working out to get fit. I find that a lot of players are not training or they're not performing training that's conducive to what they do on the field. So my workouts will ultimately be broken down to position specific. So I will only do moves that enhance the position that you play. So now there's an overall training, training protocol where I start from the core out because I think the core is the most important muscles in the body because your core is like your trunk and your arms and legs are like your limbs. So if you're, I'm just using a tree analogy. So I break down movements and I add those movements to your training that allows you to do what you do on the field better. So I make sure that you have a sound functional core. I make sure that you have stable knees, stable hips, stable ankles. And when you move, you're moving with a solid foundation, which would limit the chances of you having non-contact injuries. 
So a lot of the injuries that we're actually seeing now in baseball are non-contact injuries. Like the Yankees I right now have 13 guys on the I.L. I got to really, you know, get used to saying I.L. So I'm used to saying D.L. Me too. You I know, still say D.L. doesn't matter. I don't care what anybody You know, so, but with the exception of three, everything else was a non-contact injury. It was either swinging, which, uh, and I'm a humongous Yankee fan, by the way. So, you know, for those that's out there, I am a humongous Yankee fan. You got Giancarlo Sen, one of my favorite players. Can't stay healthy to save his life. But if you look at him and you look how he moves, he moves like a robot. So his body is not fluid. His body's not flexible. And that's why Aaron Judge is actually allowed to stay healthy last year. He actually changed his training to remove some of the bulk and add more flexibility. And he was able to stay healthy. Like his injury this time, he got hurt sliding in the like stealing a base. So that was a, a, a injury that you can't technically couldn't avoid because, well, he shouldn't have been stealing, but it is what it is, you know. Um, but there's a lot of non-contact injuries that happen in baseball. So guys who, uh, Jose Reyes, who I actually worked with a few years back before he retired, he couldn't figure out his hamstring issue, and I figured it out in two weeks because his quads were overdeveloped. So if your quads are overdeveloped for your hamstring, your hamstrings are your brakes. So it's like having a Ferrari with bad brakes. You can generate a lot of speed, accelerate, but you can't decelerate and slow down. As soon as you do, the torque goes on your hamstring. He always pulled his hamstring. So that was his issue. So I find what the flaws are in every athlete that I train, and I remove that flaw, and their chances of staying healthy increases. Because we all know your best ability is what? Availability. Availability. Yeah. yeah. So you can be there you with know, Mike Trout, and I love Mike Trout. I don't think he's the best player in the game. He's one of the best players in the game, but you're talking about a guy who averages 110 games a season over the past, what, four or five years? Still puts up great numbers, but at the same time, you're not available when we really need you. Now, Clint, look, you are obviously an expert at your field, but mm-hmm. I'm, but these, guys, these teams are paying... Right. These teams are paying... Other Glenn Freeman to basically do what you are telling me about. Why is well, it that these? Playing, or, but why is it that these organizations with with billions of dollars can't find what you're telling me? Because they they have a habit of it's, there's a really big old boys network. So it's not what you know; it's who you know. So a lot of these guys get the job because of who they know. And when I have conversations with them, they tell me that they're overwhelmed. It's like, well, how do I manage um, uh, 26 guys or 56 guys? Or or if you go into each level, you know, single A, double A, triple A, how do I manage all these guys? I was like, well, if you create a universal training protocol that goes through from single A all the way up to the majors, and you have position-specific training for each player, for each position throughout that whole uh, system, the chances of your guy staying healthier would increase. But if a guy goes down to one level, he has a different training protocol. He goes down to another level, he has a different training protocol. So there's no consistency. So if you have the top level, which is the major league players, and they can't figure it out, 
how do you expect the bottom three levels to get it right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible to me that these teams pay these players right. so much money, but yet they penny pinch in terms of the knowledge, right? Because I'm sure they're paying these guys handsomely, but they're penny pinching in terms of knowledge. They're taking a shortcut in terms of knowledge to actually keep their investment healthy. So this is what I, I figured out over the years. The owners actually don't know. Most owners don't care. For them, it's, you know, that's an investment. So when you have an owner that's really invested, like when George Steinbrenner was alive, you think he would allow all these injuries to happen? No, no way. Without, without heads rolling? No way. Of course not. Even with Brian Cashman, you think that Brian Cashman would have still had a job if George was alive? No way. In all actuality, he would have been gone. After 2009, when they just won World, won World Series, he would have been gone. So what I found that the owners don't know, so you got the president and the GM. The president and the GM says, well, we pay you guys all this money. You figure it out. And then when you come here in the offseason, we'll try and figure out the rest. And what I try to explain to them when I meet them, it doesn't work that way. So that's like me giving my money to a financial advisor. Right, so I give him ten million of my dollars, and I never check in on him to see what he's doing. And then at the end of the year, I find out I just lost six million dollars because I didn't check in with him nowhere throughout the year. So you're giving these guys two hundred Yankees payroll, two hundred and twenty million. Their training staff is such a small percentage of that that it boggles my mind that you you basically get what you pay for. And I tell people, I'm not the, the smartest person in the world, but when it comes to training, my attention to detail is unmatched by anyone. And I will say that with full confidence. I may not be the smartest. I may not use the most elegant words when I speak. I may not use the most technical words when I speak, but when it comes to training, my attention to detail is unmatched by anyone. Because I make sure I do not miss nothing because when I put your program together, it has to fit your body and your body type. One of those programs that has worked is with Luis Arias. You know... Best, best hitter in baseball. Hey, <laughs> listen... Here's the funny thing. When he came up in in 2019, mm -hmm. you know, he immediately proved that he was going to be a 300 hitter. Easily. And he, I mean, listen, God, he's over 400 this year. But he could not stay fully healthy, right? A lot of nagging. No, he could not. A lot of nagging injuries. What did you do to obviously keep him healthy last year? to win the batting title, and this year, now with the Marlins, off to just a phenomenal start through the first quarter part of the season. When I first met him, I was introduced to him by uh, Nelson Cruz. I met him when he was in Minnesota. He was a heavier, heavier guy. So they were trying to uh, bulk him up in Minnesota, and I was like, why? He doesn't need to be bulky. He needs to be leaner, and he needs to be more flexible. So we worked on lean muscle, we worked on flexibility, 
we or I looked at his body and I found out, you know, his I needed his body to be more symmetrical. So we worked on symmetry in his body so that his muscles stayed balanced. And now that he's staying healthy, like he had uh, two injuries this year. One was sliding in the base, and the other one he fouled the pitch off his knee. There's nothing I can do about those. But any non-contact injury, like running and pulling a hamstring, running and pulling a, squat, a quad, swinging and hurting your oblique, which Gene Carl Sanson is good for, swinging and, and straining his back, which he's good for, those are avoidable injuries. So when it came to Luis Arias, I was like, yo, dude, you, you are a phenomenal hitter. Like, he's not a good hitter. He's a phenomenal hitter. His eye contact, his, his balance, his swing, his hands, staying through the zone, he's phenomenal. All we got to do is make sure you stay healthy. I said, if you stay healthy, you will prove to the world that you're the best hitter in baseball. And that's what he's doing right now. You mentioned Nelson Cruz. And he's another guy at 43 you've kept healthy. You've kept him healthy yeah. enough to make a run at the 500 home run mark. What are the differences between a guy like Lewis, who, like you felt, needed XYZ, and a guy like mm-hmm. Nelson also not only factoring in body type, but age? Yes. So when it came to Nelson with the age factor, he is hands down the hardest worker in the gym I have ever met. Hands down, like not even close, even myself included. And, and I pride myself on, on, on working out and working out, but he is hands down the hardest worker. But he didn't train properly when we first met. So he overtrained and he became what, Giancarlo Stanton is now too big and too bulky. So we worked on the same thing with him. We had to work on flexibility. Now he has that larger frame where he can maintain more muscle than Arias can. So we were able to take that frame, keep his muscle, but also add flexibility and increase his his core strength and core flexibility. And then, once again, we limited his injuries, and he was more available, and he put up better numbers. I think for a five-year, six-year period, he had the most home runs in baseball. Him and Mike Trout, even though Mike Trout played less games, but they had the same exact numbers, and Nelson had a little bit more power numbers than he did. He had, and a better, and the same average, basically. Give us some of the other athletes that you're working with now, whether they're MLB, basketball, NHL, anybody that you're dealing with right now, some of your success stories. Well, one of my favorites, I just, you know, I'm a huge, I'm a Jet fan. So everybody was like, yo, are you a Yankee and Jet fan? Normally it's Yankee and Giants. I'm a Yankee and Jet fan. So I had the pleasure of working with Makai Beckton. Okay. And he is going to, the Yankees, Yankees, the, uh, the Jets actually didn't extend his fifth year option. That will probably be one of their biggest mistakes that they made. But we had to figure out what was going on with them. And they kind of, I don't want to say too much, but they botched his knee. Between their medical staff and their training staff, they botched his knee. And we were able to bring him in, have him see our people, Fix his knee, get his weight down, 
Now, if you've seen him, I don't know if you follow him on social media. He likes taking selfies. He, he's one of the nicest guys you will ever meet. It's hard to follow him, Glenn, because to be honest with you, he's been a major. Yeah. He just can't get on the field. Yeah. But um, when I say, and I can, this is me having firsthand knowledge. Correct. They botched his knee. Okay. They won't take the blame for it, but they botched his knee. Because he was telling them, listen, I'm not right. And they kept telling him he was right. He actually, you know, battled a little depression, put on some weight. And when I say he's one of the nicest kids I've ever met, you're talking about somebody, he's only 23 years old. So you're saying if they would have shut him down instead of rushing him and actually put him on a program to get that knee 100%, they would have, they would have been, they would have had oh, yeah. him on the field. Think, much- think about it, right? His rookie year, they were touting him as the next greatest left tackle in football. You're talking about somebody that he's six nine, six eight, six nine, two, two, three fifty six. This is in what his weight now he's actually three fifty two. He had ballooned up to four hundred pounds. Three hundred and sixty three hundred and fifty three pounds moves like a gazelle at that height, that size. But they botched his knee. I can say it. He won't say it. He wants to. But, you know, right now, I can say it for him because I'm at the point now, I've been doing this so long that I literally don't care. I don't care what people think. I don't care what people say. My success stories speak for themselves. And that's not me being cocky. That's not me being arrogant. My success story speaks for itself. And I've reached out to a lot of players to just say, you know what? Just give me a shot. And I offered my services for free just to give me a shot, just to prove a point. And he was like, nah, I'm going to continue doing what I'm doing and not stay healthy. <laughs> so now, these major league teams, or these professional mm-hmm. teams in general, have, have their training stuff changed over the years as the game has evolved and the athletes have gotten bigger and stuff, or do you still feel like they're archaic in their thinking in the way that they still plan for these players? Well, what happened was they went from primitive training to a analytic kind of training. And for the record, I do not like analytics at all. I feel certain aspects of it has its place. But as a totality, I am not a fan of analytics. I that, think analytics devalue the 300 hitter. That makes two of us. Yeah. I think they use it against players when it comes time for them to get paid. I think it alters players' swings to the negative. You listen to some of the greatest hitters in baseball, they will all tell you that uppercut, uh, uppercut swing should not be done. Your swing should be level. You look at Luis Arias' swing, there's no uppercut to his swing. It's a level swing. And he can spray the ball all over the field, almost like he's holding a pool stick. That's how much control he has over the ball. I'm not a big fan of analytics. So they went from that to this whole analytics thing where, okay, you can only pitch three innings because of X, and then you're going to start being ineffective. But you look at somebody like Justin Verlander who gets stronger as the game goes along. So he's, he's able to dial himself down and then build himself up and get stronger as the game goes along. And you put more power output into his fastball. 
I feel this is my opinion. When it comes to power pitches, you have a lot of guys that throw extremely hard but don't know how to pitch. So they're so caught up on this guy throws 101, this guy throws 102, this guy throws 103, but he doesn't know how to pitch. So I have a guy, uh, Jose Reyes, good friend of mine, came up, I think, in uh, Milwaukee. Uh, couldn't catch on because he didn't throw hard enough. But when I say he went down to the Mexican League, dominated, he played in the DR, dominated, he just knows how to pitch. He looked like somebody like Greg Maddox. When he really learned how to pitch, he became unhittable. You know, he started out throwing high, but when he learned to dial it down and learn the, the craft of pitching, to go inside, to know to throw this pitch on this count, to know to throw this pitch on that count, you know, to change eye levels, to change speed of your fastball, you learn how to pitch. So that, that I, this guy throws hard, throws hard really doesn't mean nothing if you can't throw straight. But now you feel that the the trainers have not evolved as, as they should have with these guys? I think they have evolved, but I still think they're missing the one element that everyone is different. Every position is different. Correct. Every so they're cookie, different. they're cookie cutting every every training aspect of you know, if they're, so everybody's doing the same thing and, and, same thing. and so it works for some and fails most. Yeah. It's, it's going to fail more than it succeeds. Correct. Because, and a lot of trainers will focus on superstars. They will focus on like, they'll, they'll, they'll forget the, the, like there was a time with, with the Yankee trainers, they, they only focused when A-Rod was on team. Everybody, he just wanted to help A-Rod because A-Rod was superstar. But you forget about all the other guys. But A-Rod is a workout monster. He loves the workout. So why are you focusing on the guy that really, really loves the workout and you're, you're, you're forgetting about the guys that really want to learn how to work out properly? Interesting. So what's going on now? What, uh, what, 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 are, you, what are you doing? What's, what's in the moves? What's next for, for, for Iron Glenn? Well, right now, Iron Glenn is in the process of developing my app, which is called the Iron Glenn Protocol. And it's with the Sports Science Index, there's this company called One Time that I partnered with. One, one time. One item that I partnered with. And we're in the development phase. We're going to start the beta testing in probably two weeks. And what's going to be find the, out on what's going to be the purpose of the app for everyone to be able to train at home or individually? Uh it will be able to train individually. It's going to be a youth version a, and a pro version. So the youth version will focus on, so the, the, the concept of the app is what I call the circle of balance. There's the mental, the physical, the financial. So there's the mental aspect of baseball, the physical aspect of baseball, and the financial aspect of baseball. All those three are intertwined. So if you think about it, it's like a, a three-legged stool. If one of those are out of balance, the stool's out of balance. You won't be able to sit right. You're going to fall over. But as long as that circle of balance is in order, as long as you've got the mental aspect down, when the mental aspect will entail of dealing with family. People underestimate how important dealing with family is and having a, a, a stable family unit is important to you being able to perform on a baseball field. So if you're stressed out at home, you're not going to really want to train right. 
If you're not training right, you're not going to play right. You don't play right, you don't get paid right. And I can take this and go on and on. You just take any aspect of that circle of balance. So in the circle of balance, there's going to be 21 focus factors, seven mental, seven physical, seven financial. And these are going to be things that you every player is going to be able to relate to. And it's going to be like, yeah, you know, I kind of do. It's like some players doesn't know how to tell family members no. Even though they don't have the money, the players, the family doesn't know that. The family thinks you're playing baseball, you got X amount of dollars. And the players will actually put themselves in debt trying to keep family members happy by not knowing how to say no. So it's little things like that that I try to get players insights on. These are conversations that I have with players. So I tell people, it's your team that you place around you is the team that's going to dictate how successful your career is going to be on a grand scale. So when I say you need to put your team together, your team should shield you and protect you, not coddle you and pacify you, but they should shield you and protect you from any type of negative situations that would hinder you being the best you on and off the field. And when do you guys plan on launching this app? Uh, if all goes well, the official launch date will be sometime in June. So we're going to start beta testing in two weeks, if I'm not mistaken. And once we get the information that we need from the beta testing, we should be looking at a launch date sometime in June. Well, Glenn, listen, man, I appreciate you jumping on with me. It's, it's incredible how much knowledge you possess and, 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 you know, helping us understand realistically what's going on with these pro franchises, because I, I just cannot for the life of me understand how these guys just cannot stay healthy year after year. And and in a lot of situations, it's the same guys. What's the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So I would say majority of these players and majority of these franchises are insane because they do the same thing over and over again and they expect different results, but they constantly get the same results. And I've never met Stan, but I know I've heard he's a nice guy. I heard he loves to work out. But at the same time, if you're doing the same thing over and over and over again, and you're constantly getting hurt over and over and over again, at some point, you should try something different. And I tell people, I'm not saying this, that I know everything and I want them all to just reach out to me. Find someone that is going to change your training that's going to be conducive to your body type. It doesn't have to be me, but find someone that's going to figure it out for you. The good thing about the app, you don't even got to find me. You just pick up the app. And the app will help you with that. Because I'm at the point now, I'm 53 years old, man. You know, this whole running around, even though I can still do it, I don't really want to do it too much. I want to sit back and, and enjoy my kids and have a good time. That's all I want to do. Amen. You know? But I'm still a fan at heart. I will be a trainer at heart. I, you know, I partner with doctors. And I talk to doctors about, okay, what should I be doing different with this guy? I'll take their medical records and have them looked over by doctors and say, okay, 
tell me what I'm missing. And they'll tell me what I'm missing and I will develop a program that's medically backed. Not just physically backed, it's medically backed. I have them do blood work and have blood work done and say, okay, maybe they're missing something internally. That's how deep my program goes. And that's why my success rate is so high with the players. Glenn, I appreciate you, my brother. Thank you for jumping on. And uh, hopefully hopefully the next time I have you on, it won't be because there's so many injuries in the MLB. <laughs> Let's hope not. But, uh, you know, let me say from your mouth to God's ears, but I've been in this game a long time, and I still, to the life of me, can't figure out why they can't figure it out. Glenn, you're the best. I appreciate you for jumping on. Thank you for having me on, guys. That was Glenn Freeman, Iron Glenn. And you've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other.